0: Thank you for joining us on Step Up, How to Advocate Like a Woman. I am so thrilled to have Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers joining us today. She is the Congresswoman representing Eastern Washington. She's one of the highest ranking Republicans in Congress serving her eighth term and really, it would be a, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone who advocates on behalf of her, her district, her constituents, as well as conservatives across the country better than her. So um, we are just so happy to have you. Ellen, it's great to be with you. So you are just a trailblazer by all accounts. You were the first in your family to go to college after growing up working on your family's orchard. You are the first woman to uh, lead at the House caucus in the Washington House of Representatives after being appointed to that seat and then running for re-election. You were one of the first women to give a response to the State of the Union address just a few years ago. Um, and then you recently were the leader of the of the House conference, kind of crafting the message to Republicans in Congress. So first of all, thank you for stepping up in all of those capacities. What what an inspirational story and role model you are for women across the country. Um, is what what is it that has that prepared you to consistently rise to so many of these challenges.
1: Thank you. I I often wonder if it's the, the pioneering spirit that is part of the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, Washington State. Both sides of my family traveled west on the Oregon Trail back in the 1850s, and I often think of my great-great-great-grandma, Frances Moosley, who headed out with twins that were two years old on the, a covered wagon, and one of them made it to the Pacific Northwest, and you know, we, there is something in, in the the West, that pioneering spirit that just has inspired me. And part of it is wanting to imagine what's possible and then just work hard to make it happen. My family, my, my parents, my brother, we, we were, were very close. I, I was raised on an orchard and fruit stand. We, we ran this small business, worked alongside one another and, it was my mom's dream for me to graduate from college. She had dropped out her freshman year when her dad passed away. And she was determined that both kids, both of her kids, were going to graduate from college. And so I'm grateful for her. I'm grateful for her sacrifice. And my parents always instilled in me that, that I could be anything that I wanted to be. They made me believe in the American dream. Mm-hmm. And part of what has driven me in politics is, is a recognition and gratitude that I have for having lived the American dream, for all of the opportunities that I've been given, for parents who sacrificed and so many others who mm-hmm. believed in me and were mentors and helped me along the way, that I want, I, I believe fundamentally in America. I believe in this country, this greatest experiment in self-governance that the world has ever known. I believe in a government that trusts people can make the best decisions for themselves and doesn't make the decisions for them. And I believe in free markets. I believe in people having the freedom to take their ideas for new products, new services, or to improve our lives in a whole host of ways and do it and not have to ask permission from the government. I just, I believe in it and I've Mm -hmm. lived it and I've, um, I just have, a, I have, I've only been renewed in my passion for what I'm fighting for, and through the years, I've been given some amazing opportunities, I've had people that believed in me, and I'm and I'm just grateful, and want to uh, use whatever influence I have to get more people involved, to get more women involved, Ronald Reagan once said that freedom is, is never more than one generation away from extinct, extinction, and it's Not passed down in the bloodstream. It has to be fought Mm -hmm. for and defended. And right now we need to be fighting for freedom and opportunity and, and equality and all of those fundamental American values.
0: I love the positive optimism, you know, message that, you, that you're bringing. We we get so, it seems so divisive when you watch the news, especially the national media. You know, everybody's always fighting at each other's thro- throats and fighting with each other. So it's really refreshing to So you hear that you, someone who is really in the trenches, who is a leader in Washington, like you haven't been, you have, it's sometimes I feel a little beat down, you know, and, and man, are we going to be able to steer ourselves in the right direction? Uh, So it's, it's good to know that you, you, your optimism is maintained.
1: I have a, a, a deep optimism for the American people i I believe in the greatness of this country, and at a time when it is very divisive and and it can be i mean this political climate is extremely difficult we 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 can't lose sight that we are fighting for people. we're fighting for our children, we're fighting mm-hmm. for our next generation. we're fighting for this country. uh you know, over the last oh two and a half years now, I've been hosting unity dinners in eastern washington, and they it it and and it's it, it's bringing eight to ten people together for dinner, very diverse people, putting our cell phones away, and hearing each other's mm-hmm. stories, and and seeking to find unity. Now, not uniformity, but unity, meaning that we really want the best for each other, and we want the best for our community. You know, at the beginning, these these dinners were much. More difficult than I anticipated, and it wasn't just the the difference of opinion on a particular issue. It was it was um, just how people viewed me as their representative in Congress. I I walked away with this impression that they thought if right. I really cared, I could make their life better. I could solve all their problems, and people would share heartache and struggles and health issues and loss, you know, people carry burden burdens and I want to help, but I am, I am fundamentally concerned that people are looking to the government to solve so many of these problems and thinking that I, as their representative mm. should be able to solve the solve problems. It, it is. It's almost like every every um, societal problem today is demanding some are demanding a, a, a legislative solution or a government solution and I, I, I find myself thinking back to JFK when he said ask not what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country And we need a, a, a we, need, yes, we need a revival where each one of us are asking that question and it starts in our families it starts in our our communities it you know there is yes there's a lot of pain there's a lot of brokenness but that healing and that hope is going to come as each one of us are doing our part in our families and our communities right
0: yeah that's and and i hope that by telling stories of female leaders from across the country who have kind of have lived up to that question of what can not what ask, not what you can do for uh what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country will inspire others to kind of get off the sidelines and get get into the game. Um, I, you know, we 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 met uh, at a luncheon in Austin hosted by a mutual friend, and it's funny because I think originally that we thought that we were going to be discussing policy. Well, for, first of all, I have to say. It was at the end of a long week, and I thought it was going to be like a keynote speech kind of luncheon. And I just told my friend, "I'm I'm just exhausted. You know, I got two kids. I got a lot going on. I'm I run in from one place to the other all the time. I just I can't make it to this one." And she said, she texted back and said, "This is one you want to be at." And I'm so glad that I did because it provided me the opportunity to meet you. And the conversation was very intimate, very informative. And and although we started kind of talking about policy and talking about the issues you were working on in Congress. It really ended up turning to how how can as as conservative women we it it seems we are seemingly increasingly more discouraged by just the the social and political climate that we're in and it's very isolating and feels very alone even as someone who mm-hmm. has had the platform as a young female conservative leader in mm-hmm. in my com- community and so it was enlightening to hear about your work and what you're doing to recruit more female leaders to to, to to run for office. Um, we talked about Policy Circle, which was a really yeah. a, a new and unique idea to me. And by the way, I just had a conference call with them this morning, and we are working on awesome. launching in Austin. So uh, so thank you for providing that inspiration. What What is your outlook on recruiting more Republican women to run for Congress or to get more involved politically?
1: I have, I have never been more encouraged than right now. So really, are not alone. And, really? And just know that the media wants you to, to think like that. But you are not alone. You know, um, 2018 was tough. And I was targeted, the Democrats targeted nearly all of the Republican women in the House. You know, they, they, they came after us. And, and it was tough and we lost, we lost several of our women. We lost Mia Love in Utah. We lost Ca- Claudia Tenney in New York. She's running again. We lost Karen Handel in Georgia. She's running again. Uh, we lost Mimi Walters in, in California. Uh, and, and those were good friends of mine. And, and it was a painful night when they lost. However, just a couple of weeks after that, I sat down with, with uh, a, a woman that I've known for many years, I've worked with her on disabilities issues. I thought that's what the lunch was about, and I was still kind of in the depths of despair, wondering where this is all headed. And, and she said, "Kathy, I want to run for Congress," and I could have fallen off my seat. You know, the, you know, this is right after this is November 2018, and it's just it's not it's it's not a pretty picture for conservative women in Congress and she says i want to run for congress in kansas and i'm like wow this, that is awesome and, and and the fact that she she was ready to get in the ring that she was that she recognized it was going to be a fight but that this was a fight worth having and and it has just continued ever since then i am meeting with women nearly every week and this has been going on now uh, for well over a year that they want they want to run they all over the country we've had over 200 women now from districts representing probably every state that have contacted our the NRCC contacted the campaign committee and said you know I'm interested in running for congress and for so many years I was a part of trying you know I was recruiting women I was recruiting people to men and women but especially reaching out to women in different communities that were leaders or had, had um, been serving in office. And I was talking to them about possibly running for Congress, and they were so quick to tell me why they weren't the one. <laughs> they, you know, Whatever it was, so if it were family or uh, just what they were involved in the community, they just say, they're very quick to give me a reason why they're not the one and yet now i'm seeing more women that are saying you know what i i do have something to offer my country needs people to step up and run people who believe in our judeo-christian values believe that freedom and opportunity and equality are god-given um, ideas that founded this country and that have made us prosperous and that have raised more people out of poverty than any other country in the world. And they're getting involved. They're, they're running for office. I, um this fall in Spokane, which is my hometown, we, we have the mayor's election and the city council president, we have two dynamic women running one for mayor, one for Spokane City Council. And I'm so proud of them. And they're doing great. So maybe maybe we've reached a tipping point. I don't know. But I do know that women need other... They, we need the role models. They need to be able to look at other women and say, okay, she did it. I can do it. That's important. Um, and, and we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage people, women in our communities that we think are doing a great job to, yeah, consider some of these positions.
0: Uh, well it it's really refreshing to hear that you feel like even though 2018 was maybe a low point for conservative women in Congress that it that hopefully it's only sparked and inspired others to think about you know if I don't if I don't step up and do something then then who's going to and that they are coming to you and seeking advice and and, and running that's that's great I mean it's crazy to think I I read that you were the 200th woman. To ever serve in congress which seems i mean that is crazy that that you're only the 200th woman to be elected to congress and so i i I mean i hope that we are on the precipice of multiplying that number uh, much more rapidly going forward
1: it's it's important to recognize that it's still relatively new to have women running and serving we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of the women's right to vote so nearly 11,000 have served in the House of Representatives in the history of our country. But it's been relatively new that women have earned the right to vote and then started running for office. For for many years we didn't we weren't even voting let alone running. My mom, my mom felt like her cho- her choices were either to be a nurse or a teacher, right? That's kind of where her, where she, that's just kind of her worldview. And to think how far we've come in one generation for a long time, women didn't think of themselves as being involved in politics. And I still come across a lot of women that are, are, are hesitant, especially when they see such a, a politically hostile environment and they, they are focused on their family. They're focused on their career, other community involvement, I would just, I would just appeal to women to recognize that the decisions that are being made within the government right now at all levels in your community, in your state, in your country are directly impacting you, your family, your children, and our future. And we need, we need women's perspective. We need their voices. We need women to be bold. And, and when the opportunity presents itself, we need them to seize it. You know, women are are often at the center of the fabric of our society. And and our fabric right now is pulling and is very worn. And I think in some ways women fill up most. And women have a, a, a really unique role to play in helping bring unity and hope and healing. And don't get caught up in being the... Uh, Being your own worst critic, just, just know that you have, you have, you have something to offer and you're, and, and absolutely step up and, and uh, be a part of it.
0: And it, it is so. It's an interesting reminder that it wasn't that long ago that we weren't voting, that we weren't serving at all. And so, although there's still a lot of progress to be made, uh, I, I guess I don't. I hope we don't lose sight that that's a really important right that that we've earned. And if we don't continue to, uh, to earn it, then, you know, we don't, not that we would lose it, but, but we want to, but you, but you want to take advantage, uh, of the progress that has been made. And I mean, on that, on that note, I mean, one thing that's, that's, uh, unique to women, I think is a lot of times once you have, you have kids, your priorities can change. And so your, uh, you make a point. You are the first woman to have 3 kids while serving in Congress, which is amazing and difficult. I not not that it's anywhere near the same level, but I had 2 kids while I was serving on the Austin City Council. Uh, almost made it to my third, but but it, it and and it, do, it, it 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 does change you. So but wh- but that's something that you that you really lead with, that you talk about um in a lot of your speeches that you put you have in your bio. Why do you think that that is something that is important? To be kind of top of mind when you're presenting yourself. Because I'm
1: a I'm a working mom, and there are millions of working moms in America, and it and it is tough. I was 35 and single when I was elected to Congress, and I have wondered at different times if if anyone would have been able to convince me to run for Congress after I had. Um, had mm-hmm. the three kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I yep. don't know the answer to that question. I have a I have an amazingly supportive husband. He's retired from the Navy and is at a place where he's willing to be home with the kids, providing them that consistency and support that is so important and I long for our kids to have. There's there's times that it is that it is hard but I think any working mom struggles with that and struggles being gone when you want to be home. And then when you're home, you're thinking about some of the demands of the, of the job. So some days go better than others, but I have, I have found a lot of fulfillment in what I'm doing. And I also believe that it's an important perspective that I bring as a working mom, considering that so many working moms, are are doing this in a whole host of other jobs in America.
0: Well, thank you for, for being that, setting that example. I, I I may have talked about this once on the podcast before, but there, it, it just is such a story that sticks in my mind. I was talking with a County commissioner here locally about how we get more women to run for office, and that that that's the first thing she said. She said you have you have to get to them before they have kids, and I thought, well, that is ridiculous. That surely that's not true. Um, and then I thought back on my uh, own experience, and yeah, I ran when I didn't I have kids, and I, I then 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 I did, and I was that was mm-hmm. in the middle of my term. So you don't have any choice. You're in the position, and you keep you keep doing both, and you figure it out, and you juggle and you manage, and uh, and it turns out fine. But it, it certainly would have been a more difficult decision had I had I already had two, two small children. So, um, so to, to the extent that we can serve as uh, examples for others out there who think, well, I can't do it because I've, you know, my, my family is my priority. Well, just know that you can continue to keep your family a priority uh, and you can continue and, and you can get involved in a variety of different capacities in, in yes, your
1: and, and working moms are, are involved in a variety of ways. And I also think that we, we need to celebrate moms celebrate the roles that they play in in our lives and families and communities and and encourage encourage more moms you know I I hear some of these young people today saying that they're not going to have any kids to save the climate and and I I just think oh my because being a mom has been the best part of life too and and um you know so Elijah, yes. It,
0: it's uh, that it's it's crazy how far that mentality has has taken people, and how scary how how what, the kind of fear that that insta- instills in our children. I just don't know. I don't know why you would why you would do that to your to your child. But yes, I totally um... agree.
1: Politics is driven by fear right now.
0: Yes, that is that is very true. So if you had one, as we're kind of coming up um, and closing the, the podcast, can you, if you had kind of one piece of advice for the working professional, uh, you know, single or married or kids or no kids, but conservative women who think, I just have been hesitant to speak up but i'm really not crazy about what is going on in my city or my county or my state or my country what is what is kind of the one thing that they can do that's most impactful for them to get involved? Is it, um, you know, scheduling meetings with their elected officials? Is it uh, joining a, a policy circle, which, you know, I, I will talk about on a future podcast? Is it, what what is kind of the one thing, their one takeaway? If they listen to this podcast and say, I'm going to do one thing, mm-hmm. what, is, what is it?
1: Well, I would encourage them to do one thing. I, I loved what you were laying out right then. And I would encourage them to think about one thing that they can do and depending upon where they are in their life to think about how they can be giving back to their community what they can you know there's a lot of a lot of conversation right now about isolationism and that we're all so busy and that we aren't prioritizing relationships and I just would um, encourage each one of us to really give thought to you know one thing that I can be doing sometimes it's overwhelming if we think you know, as, you know we put so much pressure on ourselves that somehow we're going to solve it all and it's 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 not going to happen but to think about one thing if it's getting involved in if it's getting involved in a, if it's been in getting involved in a campaign if it's getting involved with the policy circles and learning more about the policy if it is if it potentially is running, if it is getting involved with a nonprofit, if it's getting involved in other leadership positions in our community, we need people to to think about what they can be doing to be contributors and not just looking to others to do it, but to ask themselves that question. Be a be a part of the, the 5% of any organization that actually steps up and gets things
0: done. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter, it's not necessarily a matter of doing some, doing the one thing that's going to change the world. The, the, the point is do it, do something, (laughs) do, just do something. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, and to be, and to be a force for, for positive and encourage, yeah, be an encourager of, of others. I, I just, I, I'm weary of how much of politics right now is tearing each other down, but then how that has Just gotten into our society and we need to we need to be encouragers of those that are are at least doing something sometimes it's easy to be a critic and we have a lot of critics that are so quick to point out where someone else is doing something Mm -hmm. wrong or not quite right or not the way they would do it but let's let's be an encourager let's let's encourage each other and um and start building each other up again
0: yeah, continue continue a message of hope that it that we are moving in the right direction and we can make it better. I love that. Yes. Well, uh, Congresswoman, tell us how we can connect with you. The listeners who want to learn more about you, where can they, where can they go?
1: Well, you can go to our website. It is McMorris M-C-M-O-R-R-I-S, McMorris.house.gov. My Twitter handle is at Kathy McMorris. And uh, we have team CMR also, uh, which is um, uh, another Twitter handle. So I would just, uh, yeah, yeah, come come visit the website, sign up. we we have. We pride ourselves in being innovative and creative and would love to hear from you and also engage with you uh, as we move forward.
0: Well, thank you so much for all of the the work that you do on our behalf. Thank you for being such a wonderful role model for uh, women across the country. And thank you for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to talk with us today. Enjoyed it.
1: So good to be with you.
0: Thank you. Do you have a story or a question you want answered? send me a note at ellen at stepuppodcast.com. Also give step up a rating and review in Apple podcasts so we can reach and inspire more women. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm Ellen Troxclair. Thanks for listening. Now go advocate like a woman.